Once upon a time in a magical land of make-believe and mystery, there were two girls who dreamed that one day the stories they read in books would come to life. They often wondered what it would be like to see characters from those books live in their world and even interact with characters from other books. Those dreams have come true, and those girls are now grown, but their imaginations are still filled with the magic of childhood, and every week they like to take an adventure beyond Storybrooke. Welcome to Beyond Storybrooke. I'm Trina. And I'm Addie. And we're here to discuss episode 21 of Once Upon a Time called Mother, which aired May 3rd, 2015. And we're brought to you by GoldenSpiralMedia.com. All right, Addie, let's get right into this episode. Yes, let's hear your recap. In this episode, Maleficent is reunited with her daughter, Lily. Emma forgives her mother, Snow. Regina fights with her mother, Cora. Rumpel's heart is almost black. The author is set on Rumpel's plan of attack. Wait, that's it? That's it. <laughs> I think I cut it short, make it rhyme. Do something a little different. <laughs> That's perfect because we have a lot to say about just those couple sentences there. It may seem like a very short recap, but the show was intense. And being that this episode is all about mothers, I was thinking it should have aired next week, which is Mother's Day. They're a week off. <laughs> they are a week off, but it's okay. Yeah. Because next week is the big season finale, but bum, bum, bum. we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll get into it. But before we really deep dive into your recap there and what really happened with the show, we always like to go ahead and give a dive into the ratings of the week by not only us, but also our listeners like Justina. And Justina gives this episode 9 out of 10 Dragon Daughters. Chris gives this a 10 out of 10 Scary Dragon Bitches. <laughs> I give it a 9 out of 10 Dark Star Pharmacies. And I give it a 10 out of 10 impulsive hand slashes. (laughs) You got to explain that. Yeah, because you didn't get it. So just in case you're not getting it, I'm going to explain it. Uh, The impulsive hand slashes is at that moment when Regina is just fed up with trying to talk to Lily and ends up like, well, you made me do this the hard way. Are you the most? She said something along the lines and just ends up slashing her hand and like, Dude, you barely even met the girl (laughs) and impulsively slashes that. But I was going to say dragon traits, but I saw a trend in the dragon and I thought I'd go the opposite. So, Well, it is fitting. Yeah, it is. There were dragons this episode and we get a reunion with Maleficent and Lily. We do. So let's go ahead and visit this whole thing that happens. We last left off in the episode that Lily... Emma, Regina, Zelina, and Robin were still in New York. They were not back in Storybrooke. And so that was the big question. You know, how is she going to get her to go to Storybrooke? And it wasn't really a hard deal. Just pretty much, let's go. We're done. I think it's Regina who walks in the room and says, you two, we're going to Storybrooke and brings uh, Zelina and Robin along. Which is funny that Zelina goes along with them. Kind of willingly, right? (laughs) Absolutely. But I think that's her whole plan is to always be in her face, in her face, in her life as a reminder of, hey, you know what? I am, I'm pregnant by the man of your life. 
But let's not get into Zelina just yet. Let's go ahead and, and stick to Lily and Maleficent, which is, which is a pretty interesting spin on what happens here. But, you know, I want to get your input first. So Lily finally meets Maleficent. And I think she's expecting her mom to be this big, evil dragon bitch ready to go out for revenge. But she's surprised because Maleficent doesn't want that. And she had a good line. Her line was something along the lines of, you know, stop being angry at the past. We found each other. Let's look at the future. But Lily wants nothing to do with that. I wrote that down, too, because she sounds like a charming now. Maleficent? Yes. Don't yeah, what a, absolutely. Because I think this this is her happy ending. She wanted to find her daughter. You know, I wrote that down, too, because this is a, a different side of Maleficent that we've never seen. And this kind of goes to show that it takes love to take away the evilness. And she finally gets to be reunited with her daughter, who she's been longing to. First, she thought she was dead. And then to find out that she's alive, that just brought her hopes up. And you can just see it. And I love how they've done her costume from the crazy and the intensive Maleficent to a very calming, relaxed, I think, I don't even see this in snow right now, but every time they would show Maleficent, she had this this peaceful motherly aura about how she was dressed, the face expression that she gets, and even how she talks to not only Lily, but the way she talks to others, like when she goes to snow and charming for help. Her whole aura has changed because of her daughter. I like that. I like I like that she did go to Snow and Charming for help. And I think it's the whole thing about being a mother. Mm-hmm. Now that she knows her daughter is alive in here, it's that whole mother, I guess, intuition that kicks in. And I like that she goes to Snow to get, you know, kind of that's their common ground. They're both mothers mm-hmm. and they both have kind of the same story, a little different. Their daughters, you know, were... They were taken away. They didn't get to raise their daughters. They were sent off to our world, so to speak, mm-hmm. and didn't grow up with them. They thought they were, you know, they didn't know who their real mother was. And they thought they were just orphans. Well, in this episode, we saw history repeat itself. Remembered back in the Enchanted Forest time, Maleficent went to Snow's help and asked for her to help her about her child. Remember? When she she said mother to mother, she, she visits her in, yeah. in, in the bed, right? right? When Charming and Snow are asleep. But then Maleficent visits her, visits her while she's asleep. So history repeats itself where Maleficent's in a very vulnerable spot again. And who does she turn to? She turns to Snow for help. And at, tables have turned because the Charmings owe it to her after everything that they've done to Maleficent and Lily to help Maleficent out. So she she pretty much says, if there's any time that you should help me, it's now. Like pretty much saying, hey, own up to what you owe me right now because I don't know what to deal with to do with my daughter. I finally have her and she's about to leave. You guys have been through this, which they kind of go through the motions mm-hmm. and saying, well, you know what? She's this is what she's feeling. And it's kind of funny because Snow kind of says, She's afraid that you're going to do this to her because that's how uh, Emma Emma. was with me and I failed. And then (laughs) Maleficent's like, is there any way you can really help me? (laughs) 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 So that's when uh, Charming kind of steps in and says, you know, yes, we can. This is what we need to do. 
Yeah, it comes, like you said, it comes full circle. And I like that. Because who else is Maleficent going to turn to? She turns to the very person that denied her the first time. But now it's it's it was Snow's fault all along that her daughter hasn't been with her. So, of course, she owes it to her to help them be reunited and help, help Maleficent to convince Lily to stay in town and build that relationship. I mean, we can go into this later of what happens with Lily. But what I really want to touch on is as she goes to talk with Lily and it's kind of a very sobering moment when we find Maleficent pretty much throwing in the towel for darkness. She's pretty much saying like, that's not what life is about. Life is about enjoying those that we love. And now that we have each other, we can do that. You don't have to suffer anymore because she has a good sense of, because what the Charmings did to you, I know you've had a very painful life, but now you have me, your mother I can guide you to go forward and I can show you the way of how things should be, which is why she's giving her this love talk, right? Let's mm-hmm. let's go forward. Let's be happy in the future, not sad and depressed in the past. Something along those lines. But you have this moment and Lily's just fed up with it. She's angry. She had this picture, probably because the apprentice, the apprentice, <laughs> and thanks for correcting me last uh, episode of print. I don't know why, but I say apprentice, but it's apprentice. Um, but maybe because the apprentice told Lily, you know, your mother is this big dragon, this Maleficent. She's evil. She's mean. So maybe that as a kid, we kind of exaggerate things in our mind. So maybe she had this huge exaggeration about Maleficent. So now to present day, Lily's just filled with resentment and revenge. And she wants to see the evil side of Maleficent. Lily is enraged because she gets, you know, impulsively slashed by Regina, who (laughs) kind of triggers the dragon within Lily. And I brought this up last episode. Like, what does she possess? Obviously, she possessed the power to turn into a dragon like her mother. Mm -hmm. But why is it that Maleficent can't turn into the dragon with her? You mean when she went to go try to chase after her and save her? Yeah. Did you notice that? Because I noticed that since she's been back in Storybrooke, she hasn't been able to turn into a dragon except when she wanted to threat uh, Corella. Mm-hmm. And it seems like ever since then, she hasn't been able to turn I, back into that dragon. That's a good point. Now, I want, now that you say that, I wonder if they turn into a dragon when they feel threatened. Is that the only time they turn into a dragon? Or can they do it willy-nilly whenever they want to? I thought because it was whenever when, they wanted to. I, you know, I thought so too. But when Maleficent turned into a dragon, it's because uh, Snow and Charming took her egg way back when. She turned into a dragon when King Stefan was going to threaten her and Regina. Um, and then Lily, here she is feeling threatened when she gets slashed yeah. and turns into a dragon, she probably didn't even know that she could turn into a dragon. Yeah, her eyes just ignited with the dragon mm-hmm. eyes. Do you think that maybe because of technology, they couldn't have two dragons on the same screen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Because of technology, they should be able to have two dragons on the same screen. <laughs> oh, come on. Sometimes the uh, effects are a little... Funny. Pokey, they are, they are a little funny. <laughs> I don't know, but that that was a question that kind of kept stemming up, especially that scene when she gets she turns into this dragon. She's kind of 
Lily herself is impulsive. She just wants to cause harm, which she does to Snow. And um, yeah, it was, it was just a question that I had. I, I think it's I think it's more along the lines she wanted to calm her as a as a human, as a mother, not mm-hmm. as a dragon. Yeah. Did I didn't you, really think that deep into it, but that's a good that's a good little observation. observation. And did you like how um I think when they're looking for Lily in the forest, you know, I think it went this way. And then uh oh, yeah. Snow's like <laughs> she. she. Yeah. And then when she turns into the dragon, she goes, Um, I'm her mother. Like, you know, let's not forget she's still my daughter just because she's a dragon. So it's just this kind of funny wittiness to, I mean, it's dark wittiness. I don't know how to categorize that. But it was kind of funny how it's these little shifts about it between yeah. she and it because it's a dragon. And the Charmings have always failed to recognize that it's her daughter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a good they example. Still right don't there. Learn. <laughs> but they're learning. Slowly. I think. Yeah. Slowly. Yeah. Well, now that you t- uh, talk about snow, because Lily does what knock her out, yeah, and of course Emma, after having talked to Hook, finds her mom and eventually ends up forgiving her. Yeah, she she finds after a very loving talk between Robin and on the romantic humanly date, which is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think she even asked, like, "What is that?" And then <laughs> um, Rump, uh, sorry, Hook is pretty much saying that's a beautiful sunset. But he takes the time to say, hey, look, you haven't really listened to what I have had to say to you. And it's about time that you listen, because what's happening right now is not really just damaging your parents. It's damaging who you are. And I know you're better than this. So that kind of shed the light on Snow to say, hey, you're right. I have been miserable trying to keep this anger towards my parents when I don't even want to be this way. Right. So that kind of uh, shed that light of, I need to go forgive them while I still have them. And it wasn't so much that, that um, she forgave them that surprised me was that we've always seen this power of, of Emma progress but I think this is the first time that we see her power heal. That's right. So now this is how much her power has progressed. Not as not only can she on demand, um, I guess, demand her power to exist, but now she's demanding her power almost an instant to heal somebody. Now she's the savior on a on a level that we're seeing. Yeah, we keep seeing throughout this season or the last couple episodes, little bits and pieces of what she could actually do. Yeah. And because we never really know what she's capable of until she actually does it. Yeah. So I did. I did like that, too. I I loved it. I was like, yes, this is what I would call the savior when you're starting to heal those that you love. And that's what surprised me because I was like, oh, man, because we've all seen the preview. We saw that snow was going to get hurt. And I thought, well, it could either be a dream or it actually happens. What, What's going to happen? Because that was a pretty hard knock. And here you have a very beautiful moment of the daughter saving the mother, not mm-hmm. so much the mother, which on the other image of the screen is, you know, the mother trying to save the daughter, Maleficent and Lily. <laughs> and then you have daughter saving mother, which is Snow so and Emma. Emma. 
So it was, Again, it was a like beautiful a f- scene yeah. all together. I agree. It's it was like the flip flop. Like I'm here again, yin and yeah, yin and yang. They go hand in hand with one another. Even their storylines and, and and kind of like Maleficent and Snow kind of go hand in hand with one another, just yeah. as their daughters go hand in hand with one another. It's very interesting. You wouldn't think that, but I think the creators and the writers have really done this story. I'm talking specifically between these characters so so well. Throughout the season. Yeah, they've intertwined them and connected them. And again, it's almost as if they need each other to exist. Yeah. Uh, One more thing that I'd like to bring up about Maleficent. She says something very important to Lily. And it kind of raises the question, like, why? Um, Lily, at this point, when they're talking, she gets really angry and says, I'm gone. And... Maleficent's begging her, please give me a week, you know, after a week you'll see. And she pretty much says, if you leave, I turn into dust just as Rumpel found me and and resurrected me. So why is it that when Lily leaves Storybrooke, Maleficent turns to dust? No, she meant if she, if Lily leaves, Maleficent's going to follow her, but she can't follow her because she's going to turn to dust. When she crosses that border. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought it was... She has to stay there in Storybrooke. That makes sense. I, I didn't... I thought it was literally, you know... She leaves, she turns to dust. No. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. That makes sense. Yeah, she was just saying she wants her to stay because if she doesn't, she's going to want to follow her. But if she does, she's pretty much gone. Okay, the true last thing about these two <laughs> characters is um, something that Maleficent also said to Lily. And she said... You know, I don't mind a little darkness because, again, Lily's in this phase of, of a huge, a lot of darkness in, inside of her and her intentions and her future. And she just wants to act on those anger, angry feelings. But Maleficent says, hey, you know, I don't mind a little darkness. I'm, I'm here for you. We'll get through, get through this together. We'll establish the relationship. But I was thinking, does that darkness kind of cause us to be aware of what's going to happen in the future if she's willing to deal with the darkness does that mean go ahead and act out here and there and i'll guide you on what to do and how to put people in their place i don't know (laughs) i I think it kind of means more along the lines of i know what it's like to be dark i know how you feel we can go through it together motherly guidance like mother yeah exactly like motherly guidance not so much uh we're going to use this darkness to get revenge or get whatever we want but more along the lines of i embrace it i like it and yeah if we do need to use it maybe but not necessarily all right so with maleficent and snow we get a more motherly type feeling with their daughters you can tell that they care about their own daughter but this next couple duo, I should say, Regina and Cora. Now we, we go back into the past and we see again Cora in the mix. And to me, I don't think she has any kind of motherly type feeling like Maleficent and Snow does to Lily and Emma. So I don't think Cora, she always has an end to me. She's always, there's always something with her. And I don't, I don't get that feeling that she really out there to help Regina at all. So not once in this episode you felt like she was sincere about nope. being there for 
for uh, Regina? I don't think so. Wow. So you're on the same page with Regina. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was a part in me that felt bad for not, not Cora. I didn't feel bad for Cora. I felt bad for Regina. And it was that moment when she takes away the ability to not have children because she doesn't want her mother to try to trick her into anything or have um, pretty much backstab her or make her way into the kingdom, as she says. And I'll find that line in in a little bit because I kind of wrote it or typed it per how she said it. But at that very moment as that happened, I believed Cora. I mean, I know Cora is not the best person and she kind of faltered in that again while she tried to make it up to Regina by hiring the sheriff, right? But I think at that very moment, she was really sincerely trying to be there for Regina. And she kind of uses strong language, but I think that's the type of mother that Cora is. She's just a, hard a tough, hard mom. Tough love. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And and that's why when you hear a stupid girl, like <laughs> when she's so strong with words like that, it's like, wow, like you don't even care to... to call her by Regina or, or, you know, my love, my heart or something. But I think Cora has never been the motherly figure, which which is why we don't see her at all. Well, the reason why I don't think she was there to really help her is if she knew that Robin was the one that supposedly is her soulmate, why didn't she just get Robin? Why use the sheriff and, and try to pass him off as her soulmate? And that's the question that we're left with. What was the deal that she made with the sheriff? And then the sheriff, pretty much all he said was, well, I don't know why, but she wants you. This is him talking to Regina. She wants you to have a kid. I think by him saying that, though, that jumps, that makes her jumps to the conclusion that that's why Cora, Cora wants her to have a kid so she can continue the royal line. Yeah. This is what Cora said exactly to Regina, said, you know, stupid girl, it's not about me. It's about Snow wanting to take your kingdom. And if you have a child, her chances of taking the kingdom are very slim. So this is her saying, again, I have the best interest and I'm coming to you sincerely. You're really not going to go ahead and take that ability from you, are you? Come on, put it Mm -hmm. away. And she pretty much said, no, like, this is not a bluff. She drinks the cup. And at that moment, Regina realizes, I'm done. Like, I, I can't have I can't yeah, have children. That, yeah, she did that on herself, <laughs> though. Yeah, and yeah. you kind of do feel bad. But I think she did it out of uh, spite for her mom. Oh, yeah. It sucks that she had to go that far to, to show her mom that, you know what? I'm just going to take away this you know, royal lines so that you don't have a say in anything either. And I think that's what she was kind of not wanting as well. If she had a child, her mom would always be in the picture. Regina kind of tells her, hey, remember when you told me love is weakness and that's why I'll never fall in love. And by her taking her, taking the ability to have children away from her, she's kind of in that old mentality that no man would ever love me because now I can't bear children. So that was Regina's thought, like, okay, if I drink this, I can't have kids, then a man won't be able to fall in love love with me, and my mother won't be able to try to continue to manipulate me in the future. So it was kind of like all these possibilities 
stacked mm-hmm. upon and she decided to do that. But I love that, you know, give it to Cora as much as we kind of all kind of cringe at her, but she's a good <laughs> she's actress. Good. Yeah. Um, she says something that I think everybody needs to learn in this show, all the characters. And she says, the only one standing in the way of your happiness is you. And that line alone changes what happens between Regina and Zelina. And this is very true of what happens with Lily. This this is what happens with Maleficent. What happens, what happened between Snow and um, Emma. It was their choices. It was their own choices that depicted of, okay, you know, this is my future. But the only one standing in the way of their own happiness is themselves. No one else and not mm-hmm. a magic. No one's quill or quell, whatever <laughs> quill. you Yeah, the pen. <laughs> so, you know, give it to Cora. I, I actually love this whole storyline. They brought her back. Not not only did I love the storyline, I love the costume and, and the mm-hmm. era that they put this in. Mm-hmm. I think they do a great um design work but yeah anyways i'll shut up yeah no that was i wrote that down too that was the best line of the night mm-hmm. like you said coming from someone like cora who pretty much will manipulate people and to get her way or what have you and ultimately have them thinking oh well you know you're the one standing in my happiness when really it's your own self and i, I just thought about something because you brought the question up and I, I finally remembered that scene. Uh, you asked the question, you know, if she really did want to help Regina, why didn't she just get Robin, who is her, her true soulmate? And if you remember, the sheriff told her, you don't want him. He's already married. He has a kid. So in Cora's eyes is like, why am I going to give my daughter somebody who's already taken? And from the reputation that the sheriff told Cora, it sounded like Robin was just a waste of time. So she thought by giving the sheriff to Regina that it'd be a better fit, that he's a better man for her. She, so she picked the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, she did she did pick the wrong guy, but would you do you see her point of view now? I do see her point of view if when you put it that way. Well that I'm just but, saying that that's how Cora explained that moment because she even told um she told Regina I mean, I think Regina said, that's not the love of my life. You know, you tried tricking me. And she said, well, I thought I was really picking the right guy for you. And you have to remember the storyline that the sheriff told Cora. Cora didn't know anything about Robin other than the word of the sheriff and Tinkerbell. Right. I was going to say that's true. But Tinkerbell did tell her. Yeah. But then, you know, who are you going to believe, right? Right. (laughs) Little Tinkerbell or uh, a handsome... Sheriff. I guess taken into the context of the times, if yeah. he's married, yeah, why would you take Robin to her? Yeah. I guess, but still. <laughs> you already know it's the guy with the line tattoo. Yeah. You bring him to her regardless, but that's just, I guess, modern times, right? Did you like the effects of the lion oh, coming yeah. out of his Oh, yeah. That was arm? good. That was really good. It was pretty awesome. And then I think she took it away by the time yeah. I got to his head. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's awesome. I know, good effects there. So it, that brings up Robin, uh, present day, mm-hmm. which I could not be more disgusted. 
about the whole storyline between <laughs> Regina, Robin, Zelina, uh, Marion, flip-floppy. Flip I call him flip-floppy now because he just, you know, I have to stay to my code. I have to stay with my wife. Oh, but I'm in love with you and I've talked to my wife and it's okay. Ooh, that just brought something up. Oh, okay. Okay, let me stick on this first. Um, you know, I talked to my wife and we realized that what matters is true love and that would be a better example for our kid. So I'm going to stay with you. Oh, wait, I can't let my ex-wife out into the real world with my kid by herself. I have to go with them. I have to follow my code. Oh, my new code is that I fell in love back in with, with my wife. So I'm committed. And now I don't want to talk to you anymore, Regina. Oh, flip flop. I found out that my wife isn't really my wife. It's Zelina, your sister. But since she's pregnant, I still have to stay loyal. Oh, wait, flip flop. We're back in Storybrooke. <laughs> um, I know this is messy, but I think we can work out again. Like, it's so disgusting yeah. of how Robin is with this. And I think even at some point, Regina got disgusted with it and gave him a look when he said that, like, I know it's disgusting hearing me out or not disgusting. That's my own word. <laughs> but I know it's messy. He said messy. Mm -hmm. But hear me out. This can work. And I was like, come on, dude. Like, I don't know. I want them to kill this story. Like, I was all for the Regina having the love of her life with Robin. Now I think Regina deserves someone better. Oh, a lot better. Ten times better. Yeah, he is very flip floppy. And it's kind of annoying, which I agree with you. When he was starting to flip up again, I'm like, what? Yeah. I mean, come on, guy. You've already, I mean, you should have made that choice when you crossed the border. Yeah. Now, I as I was talking about that and I kind of paused myself because I just realized something. When Marianne comes back into the picture on Storybrooke. Mm-hmm. They go through this little kind of obstacle because the Snow Queen almost killed her, blah, 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 blah. She awakens. And at this moment, if we're following everything that the writers have given us, that's the very moment that Zel it's Zelina the whole time. Now, right before things kind of go bad, he talks to Marion and they actually decide, hey, you should be with the love of your life because that's a better role model for our son. Now... That's the storyline that that was really Zelina saying that. That's right. But now the writers take it all back to make it all fit back together. Like, no, 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 wait. It was Zelina the whole time. <laughs> do, you, do you see that little error that I'm catching? Was it an error or was she pretty much saying, you know, let's see what you do with this? Knowing that he would stick to his code. Knowing that maybe she knew that her heart was still bad and she had to get out of there in order to live. And the only, and you knew, she knew Robin wouldn't stay in Storybrooke knowing that she'd be out to the real world. It's all too trickery. <laughs> it is quite trickery. It does fit, but yeah, you're right for Zelina to say, okay, I'm going to, you know, throw you a softball and yeah, go to your, go to your true love. Okay. Interesting though. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, since we are talking about Zelina now, man, do I hate her. <laughs> She's not likable one bit. Not one bit. And here you have Regina. She had her chance to really stick it to her. And 
Zelina, to me, even though she wasn't raised by Cora, is more like Cora than Regina is. Oh, definitely. And she gives this sob story to Regina. No, you can't, you know. My, my mother just, our mother just threw me away and let me be in Oz. And, you know, it gives her a whole sob story before Regina, you know, is about to write, write, uh, you know, a different story for her and write her out of the picture. So I just thought at that moment, I was like, wow, for not knowing your mom or not being raised by Cora, you're exactly like her. Yeah, Cora has a lot of jealousy. And we saw that by because she killed Daniel, right? And uh, other actions. And then you have Zelina, whose entire villain is built on jealousy and envy, which is exactly like Cora. And the manipulation that she puts behind Regina is just like Cora. So it's exactly like her. I, I love that connection that you made there because it's so true. You have you have Zelina who at this moment, I can't believe she gets away with not convincing. It's not so much that Zelina convinced uh, Regina. I think it was just that flashback of, of what Cora said. Like, I am yeah. responsible for my happiness. So if I'm responsible for my happiness, that means I don't have to waste my time on having an author write you know, my happy ending. I'm going to write it myself. I, at that point, I wish she did write her out. But it the, just goes to show how much Regina has grown yeah. or d- developed or become a quote unquote hero mm-hmm. because the old Regina would have wrote a different story for her and she'd be gone just yeah. like that. I think she should have still done it just to uh-huh. eliminate the possibility of anything going forward because not only was she causing Regina harm, she loves to cause just about anybody else harm. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that question. If she was a true hero, and I say that very cautiously, if she was a true hero, wouldn't she eliminate the possibility of that villain? True. And I'm as we, like I've always said that, the hero villain line is pretty blurred. Yeah. And I'm coming to think that there are no heroes and villains. It's just people. Yeah. Just like um, Emma told us last so, week. Exactly. Some people are good. Some people are bad. Some people fall towards the dark side. Some people fall towards the good side. And we've seen changes in Hook, changes in Maleficent, um, changes in, I'm sorry, we've seen changes in Hook, even Maleficent, and of course, Regina. And the only two people we don't see much of a change is Rumpel and Zelina. Those three, I think Maleficent, Hook, and Regina are kind of blurring that line. And like I said, I'm wondering, I mean, they're just people. Everyone, you know, there is no hero villain type thing. Don't be classified as one or the other. Yeah. Because everybody can change. And you even had Snow. She did something. The Charming, they did something bad. They're making amends for it or trying to right now. So you just brought up something that I noticed and I didn't write down, but I just remembered um when cora is introduced back into the story at the beginning of the story of this episode is what i meant she kind of says you know I, I just wanted to come to you and apologize i'm sorry for what i did to you and i'm sorry that i took the love of your life away aka daniel the uh, stable boy mm-hmm. <laughs> um and she reminded that that scene reminded me that just about every single villain has uh a moment of, I shouldn't have done that. A moment of, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> a moment of, let me make up for my wrongdoing. 
let me go try to make good with it. And it always doesn't come easy, but that again, what you just mentioned, the lines between villain and hero always get blurred. So that brings us to what happens right after this scene. The The author pretty much writes himself back to Hook and Hook has... Rumple. Right, I'm sorry. Uh, Rumple. And, and they start the book, you know, heroes, heroes and villains. That book can pretty much write itself out. Like it's like uh, minus plus minus equals a plus. Yeah. <laughs> Math here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, all right, we have that and we're thinking that he's going to write a whole new thing. The hero, mm -hmm. the villains are going to be the heroes. The heroes are going to be the villains. So what about the villains who turned? What are they going to end up being? What is Regina going to end up being? What is Hook? Maleficent. Is he, does he even really care about them? And then we kind of see in the preview, it's really Rumpel and Zelina that have some kind of story. They're, Somewhat. They're really the only true villains left. To me, they are <laughs> the only true villains left because they don't show remorse for anything. No, they I don't. mean, they do, they can for a snippet, but then they go right back and they trick you. Even of their own happiness. You have Rumpel who has ruined his, hap his own happiness time and time again. So what is his true happiness to make villains the heroes when the heroes have had their own sense of happiness already? They don't need his help anymore. Mm -mm. And that's the moment that Regina noticed. Like, I don't need this author. I don't need Rumpel to save us. I don't need myself to save me. I just need to be me and I just need to go on. I don't, I don't need to rely on these magical powers anymore. And that's what Ariel says. You, <laughs> you villains do it all wrong. Go about yeah. things all wrong. You, you know, they do. The villains are too focused on something else. I think they're too focused on maybe ruining... They're the focused. lives of people or getting revenge or ruining the lives of people who are happy or heroic and they're not. And, and I think this is where it's so genius on how this episode was written, which is why I gave it a 10 out of 10. This goes back to what Maleficent said. You know, let's stop focusing on the past, which is where our resentment, our, our eager to revenge, our evilness comes from based on our past, not our future. If we focus on the future we're happy. So I, th I think it just comes full, full full circle within this whole episode. And I love, love, love it. So again, we have Zelina on the run. And Rumpel. I'm like, Rumpel, just die already. <laughs> no, I don't really want him to die because he's a pivotal character and I like his character sometimes. But we do know that his heart is pretty much completely dark. Mm -hmm. and the author obviously gets bored because Regina's on her little speech and he's like, oh, so you don't want me to write anything? <laughs> and then he writes his own thing and he goes to Rumple, and, you know, the author obviously just wants some kind of excitement. So he's ready to write a, write a story that's, that brings excitement to everyone's lives and drama. Well, that brings a, a very interesting point there too because at the same moment that Regina says, you know what, I got what I needed. This is the very same moment that the author's like, well, I didn't. And he yeah. writes himself out. So what is the author up to? Why, why is he so loyal to making sure that Rumble gets his way? I don't think he's so much loyal that, than it is for him wanting drama. I don't think he's loyal to Rumble Because if Regina had had him write something, he probably would have too. Because he could have easily gone and left. So is it just the matter of the fact that 
hey, Rumpel is going to create a story that I'd probably love. Yeah. So let me go back to uh-huh. that so I can write my story. Pretty much. <laughs> so talking, uh, speaking about the author, though, um, he says something to Regina because Regina shows him that page 23. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of shocked saying, I did write that. And it's in another book, but... I never got to write it because it was an experimental book. Yeah. So How did you get that page? Where's that book? That, that's one thing is where's that book? And then he asked that. Where, does he, where did she get that page? And she said it appeared to him. And that's when he goes, says, somebody's out there looking out for you. Yeah, but he so. kind of just blames it on, on the, the ways of the world. And he says, you know, you and I both know there's something stronger than there's something bigger than us that brings us together. Right. So there's something out there watching Regina's back. I think she could get her happy ending. Yeah. Some way, somehow. So I I thought that was like a, that kind of was a interesting thing because he was, he was shocked to see that. And it made it seem like, you know, somebody was watching her back. And I like to, he kind of kisses her ass and says, you know, you're one of my favorite characters and I wish I could write you a better story. Yeah, he's like, you're one of the ones, you know, that I screwed over the most. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, you she's don't like, have yeah. to tell me. <laughs> right. And what, one thing about the author too, I think Chris brought it up in a couple episodes back that the author is kind of like, they're making this author to be this kind of God figure. Like what, what he writes is, truth it's going to happen there's nothing stronger than that so my question is there has to be something that can defeat the author and air quote defeat the author well i think it's just that that uh, regina brought up you know let's go ahead and look at the story as of now how the author has written the story is this has happened to regina blah 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 But now she's having her breakthrough moment of saying, you know what? It's up to us what we want. So this is where characters can be written one way, but their own actions will pivot the storyline. So it kind of overrides what the author wrote. Yes, it could be a struggle, but if they can remember this and stay true to themselves, which is kind of like a charming mantra, (laughs) they're able to succeed wherever they want to go. But I don't know. We'll have to see because what what looks like is going to happen based on Rumpel's wishes. And the book. And the book. And the previews. It looks like things kind of go haywire. Yeah, everything gets flip-flopped. Yeah. So I don't know. And it'll be interesting to see who gets written to be a hero. Well, I want I want also want, want to know what happens to the savior. It looks like Emma kind of goes through something intense. Yeah, like she's locked up crazy in a tower or something. Rapunzel status. Yeah, total Rapunzel status. And and I just want to mention one one more thing, too. I think Rumpel and Zelina, they don't take responsibility of their own happiness, I think, which is why they need the author to write them a story. They think everybody else is affecting their own happiness, and they don't get that. And slowly, I think, slowly every every other character is starting to understand like i'm the one who's in charge of my happiness okay so you brought up rumple and we kind of quickly over went uh, kind of drove over him really quickly but i wanted to bring up the moment that he's 
Then he's talking to Regina and Regina notices, wait, this is not how the dark one dies. And he says, no, but this is how Rumpelstiltskin can die. So that begs the question, if Rumpel dies, what happens to the dark one? And this is kind of where he's threatening her. Like, don't be too close because it could be you type of deal. Yeah, pretty much like he he mumbles something and it's hard because his accent gets in the way. (laughs) So this is what I got. I can be totally wrong. (laughs) And I kept rewinding it, play, rewinding it, play. You did better than me. (laughs) And, And this is what I got. So he said, friendly warning. You're the one that faces the dark one when else no one else is at home. Or is it don't, don't. Again, this is what I got. So I got friendly warning. You're the one that faced a dark one when no one else is at home. Again, accent. Uh, so I suggest you don't antagonize me. Again, I don't, I don't know what his accent was saying. <laughs> it was very tough. It was very thick at that moment. But is, I wonder if he's saying, you know what? You'd prob- you're probably next in line to receive dark one. And that's what we kind of uh, talked about before, too, that that uh, for some reason, some way, somehow, they're going to make her become the dark one. But the only way to become the dark one is to have that dagger stab you. Mm -hmm. But that would mean, wouldn't that mean Rumpel dies, though? Yeah, it means he dies. He's freed from um, the from everything, which is how the previous dark one was relieved. Oh, you know what? I'm getting this backwards. I think to become the dark one, you got to kill the dark one with that dagger. Mm. Yeah, I got it all confused. Whoa, my mistake. I think I made a mistake last week too when I said something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I just I just thought of it. That's how you become the dark one. So I know I, I remember that scene too. And he kind of alludes, don't don't be too close or don't antagonize me because yeah. kind of warning her, you're next. Which yeah. I hope she's, I hope that does not happen. I don't think she has come so far. Oh, yeah. Like, I think that's the moment uh, that is the moment, which is kind of funny. He's pretty much warning her. But who is he to warn her when he's so weak? And that's when she's able to so easily steal the quell from him. That was the the best part. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, shut up, old man. Like, you're done. You're dying. I don't care what's going on. Any last words about his heart, though? Like, what's happening to Rumple? Do you have anything else in regards to... Like, is this really how Rumpel goes out? Is it, no. Is this how easy it is that his bad doing catches up to him? No and if way. it catches up to him, is it going to catch up to Zelina? Is it going to catch up to everybody else who's done wrong? No, I think the only reason why his heart is turning dark is because he is the dark one. I think they think he may have mentioned it in a couple episodes ago. I could be wrong. Where he said something along the lines of, if you're the dark one, you inherit all the dark deeds of the sword or the dagger type of deal. So that's what's catching up to him. Everybody else who's a villain, I don't think. Okay. Yeah. Did you notice we did not see Will or Belle in this episode? No, we didn't. Not not one peep from them. Uh, One more thing, (laughs) which is funny. So all this season we're around, Emma needs to be dark. She needs to become... We need her darkness in order for the ink to work and in order for the author to to uh, be able to write a, the hero's a happy ending. Well, duh, Regina finds out they don't need Emma to be dark. They just need the 
anti-savior darkness. And that's when she goes to Lily and gets her blood, which I never thought about it earlier in the season. But as this episode was going, I was like, duh, you don't need Emma. You need Lily. Yeah, you quickly caught that as that scene was happening. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Even before that scene, I was like, duh, they they don't need her to be dark. Yeah, and nobody saw that, but Regina at that very moment mm-hmm. when she's talking to the author, she's like, nope, I know what we need. And that's when yeah. she goes and seeks Lily. Yeah. And it's just funny that the season revolved around Emma becoming dark and all this time we're asking, oh, what's going to trigger her? What's going to trigger her? <laughs> womp, womp. Nothing. Like, that, that just kind of like sizzled, sizzled out. And that's all we needed was that darkness. And here we go. Let's start a war. (laughs) So Lily has the darkest potential. She has the darkest potential. Yeah. She's already dark. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So what is the game changer moment of this episode? The game changer for me, in my opinion, is that Regina did not do anything about Zelina. Yes. Which triggered the author to go to Rumpel. So that is definitely the game changer for me, too. I think they're two different things that we're talking about here. I don't think so. (laughs) I I think in the fact that she did not do anything about her sister, a.k.a. Zelina, Zelina is going to have, Zelina is going to do something. We can't underestimate her. Like, Mm -mm. this is the, the villain that I've always been afraid of. Not Regina when she was evil, not Rumpel. No one but Zelina has always caught my attention and and made me so suspicious of her character. So the fact that Regina didn't do anything about Zelina raises a lot of red flags. You're saying that the game changer is that the author goes and writes for Rumpel. So those are two different things. Well, they tie together, no? Because <laughs> he do. was there at that moment. It's course of action she, that happens. Yeah. So... Yeah, the game changer for me is the author writes himself out and goes to see Rumpel so he can write a more exciting story. And it starts with? Once Upon a Time. <laughs> like full circle. The the series they, starts all over gonna, again. Yeah, they're going to start it right <laughs> all over again. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and only Henry can write it back because yeah. he's the author in line. I think we've mentioned it, and I'm going to say it again. Harry plays a big, Henry? big role. You say Henry or Harry? I don't know. You think you said Harry. <laughs> We've said it in the past, and I'm going to say it again, that I think Henry has a big, big role yet to be played. And I think we're going to see that maybe this season uh, finale or series finale. Maybe like. it'll be a cliffhanger. Cliffhanger yeah. and then... We'll see it in the next season. Yeah. And it's a two-hour two hour season finale. So we get double the episode, double the fun. Oh, yeah. And then we're off to uh, a long await until the fall. All right. Now it's time for our listener feedback. All right. So we'll start with Justina. Now, Justina says, I give this episode 9 out of 10 Dragon Daughters. Love Lana Priya's costumes in this episode. I love that Regina chose to not kill Zelina or have the author write her out. She is a true hero now. I got that impression too. Well, she's, well, not a true hero, but more along those lines of you see her developing towards being a better person. 
which is hero-like I, status. I agree with Justina. I think that's her moment of true heroism. It is still pretty gray, and Chris kind of comments on that as well. And Justina goes on, Rompo is going to change the story now. I think this will heal his heart and get his wife back. Can he bring his son back? Have a magical week. Ooh, mm. that'd be interesting if Neil comes back, because he's supposed to be... Well, he's dead gone, so... It's one of his sadness. It is, is one of his son sadness. is not alive. Right, but if he writes that Belle is his wife, would Neil even be in the picture? Because he has a different mother. Ooh. Ah, we'll have to see, right? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so let's go on to Chris Tipton's comments. Chris writes, This was another great one, although for the penultimate episode, I was pretty disappointed till the last third of the episode absolutely blew me away. My top five. Hmm. Rumpel and the author. I love how playful and quirky the author seems to be. He's a great character and I hope he sticks around. I'm not sure what he had to gain by betraying Regina and going back to Rumpel. That's what I was wondering, except for the drama of it all. Mm. All right. Uh, he writes, he said he didn't have everything he needs. What could this be? Rumpel is in dire straits. It's satisf- satisfying to see him this vulnerable. It was funny to hear Rumpel say there was always a loophole. Vera made a statement about the show. I don't understand why Rumpel's continuing to die even in Storybrooke. I thought he said the magic protected him. Plus, I thought the magic of the Dark One makes him immortal. Those are all good points. Oh, those are yeah. forgotten how, points. How, yeah, <laughs> totally forgotten points, but all that all makes sense. The Dark One is supposed to be immortal. That's so true. Thank you, Chris. We <laughs> totally, totally forgot that. Huh. Uh, yeah, and then he goes, that makes it all the more confusing when he said you don't want the dark one when no one else is home. Does his body just become a host for the essence of the dark one? That is scary indeed. Wow, that ending. I love the heroes and villains book and the author beginning to write once upon a time. This finale is going to be epic. All right, so his number five, The Return of the Evil Queen. This was so cool to see again and adds even more depth to her present day. I feel like this was one of her worst moments ever. She had her father standing there pleading her with her not to do that. Then she does it and blames him. Sometimes we forget how deliciously evil she was and makes her journey <laughs> to where she is now that much more spectacular. Agree. She kills the groom. <laughs> did I say groom? I, yeah. She kills the groom. And I almost want to say what happens to the wife? The wife? Is she going to come she back to something else? We, we, know, we don't know. She doesn't care. She she even tells her dad, like, find your own way well, back yeah. home. <laughs> yeah, you do forget. And again, that just goes to show what a great actress she is, too, to flip back and forth like that. She's my favorite. She is my favorite. All right, number four, Cora. While it was super sweet to get Barbara Hershey back, I thought her part in this episode was a bit of a letdown. I get that it was her that caused Regina to make herself infertile, but I had just hoped she would have a bigger part to play. Cora and the sheriff were great together. And how badly would I have loved to see the cut scene of Tink and Cora? That would have been funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number three, Regina, Robin, Zelina. The backstory on Regina makes it that much more heartbreaking that Zelina is getting something with Robin that she never can. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I feel that was the whole point of the backstory to show this point. It makes it much more amazing of Regina to not do anything to Zelina at the end. I wish she she did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was fun to see the dungeon again and that random dude that's just been mopping for like 32 <laughs> years. <laughs> it's hilarious to see the author fawning over Regina. He's like the ultimate fanfic writer. 
He's a hardcore evil regal. <laughs> the magic line tattoo that came to life on the sheriff was very cool. It makes for some very compelling scenarios if she hadn't figured out he was a fraud. What if she had stayed with him? I love Regina Lilly's talk at the bus stop. Riled up Savior Darkness created the ink. <laughs> I don't get that, but I guess it's fine. It was relief in the cell to actually see Zelina concerned. I wish Regina would have went through with doing something to Zelina, but it's nice to see her have some more character development and realizing that she stands in the way of her own happiness and that her happy ending isn't just Robin Hood. Good point. <laughs> I think that's the whole um, story or backstory of why Cora was back in in Once Upon a Time. So she, I would have to um, just want to remind you, Chris, like I think I kind of started to feel that way. Like what was the purpose of Cora even coming back? But I think if she didn't come back or we didn't understand her, that whole opening um, to her story, this event with Zelina and her discovery of like, wait, I'm the one who's responsible for my happiness wouldn't have happened if that event never happened in her life. Right. Or we were never presented with that past. Right. And number two, Mal Lily. Their reunion was beautiful. I just wish Lily would have been more receptive of her. Too much darkness and revenge, I suppose. I love how Mal is turning out. I loved her going to Snowing for help. And it was really sad that all she wants is to be with Lily. Her darkness was really showing in this episode almost too much. The way she treated Mal was ridiculous. I'm glad they were able to make up in the end, however. It does make me worry that now two evil people are teaming up, especially her statement. She doesn't mind a little darkness. But you said, Addie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't believe how Lily talks to her. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think she says something like, how were they able to take me away from you when you're a dragon? What did they give you? Dragon, dragon treats? Yeah. So that's, that was that whole line behind there. And I was like, What? How, how dare you talk to her that way? Well, you got to remember, she doesn't see her as a mom or no, a mother figure at all. She doesn't. Right? Okay. Chris continues, I hope that now that Mel has her daughter's affection, she doesn't turn her attention to revenge on the Charmings. I hope not either. Side note, why the heck was Snow just running towards the dragon like that? Very dumb Snow. Very dumb indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I like it though, because it had a hand in number one, Emma forgiving Snow. Oh, my sweet Lord, this was my favorite moment of the season, top five in the entire series, and was the first moment to bring tears to my eyes since Neil's death. This was so amazing. I'm so proud of Emma for finally coming around to forgiveness and Snow finally just owning up to what she did. I also adored Emma healing Snow's wound. I've always wanted this scene so badly and exceeded my expectations in every way. The scene alone is enough for me to give this episode 10 out of 10 scary dragon bitches. <laughs> I agree with awesome. you, Chris. Awesome feedback, Chris. And the final feedback is from Eliana. My thoughts on this episode. OMG, my prediction came true. The villains are the heroes and the heroes are the villains. Can't wait to see Dark, sn dark Snow. Always wanted that. Love that Maleficent came to the Charmings for advice. Even though I'm not a Captain Swan fan, I love his speech to Emma about her parents and the talk between Emma and her parents gave me feelings. Love the talk with Maleficent and Lily scene. I'll teach you to be the baddest evil dragon bitch. Well, this is the first time I felt sorry for Zelina when she thought Regina was going to have the author writer out of existence. I didn't feel sorry for her. <laughs> I don't think I could feel sorry for her, <laughs> knowing what she's capable of and what she's done. So I thought Regina was going to transfer the baby to her. Mm. 
I'm glad she didn't do that. That wouldn't have been her baby. I like that Regina said Robin isn't her happy ending, that her happy ending is finally, is that she finally found her place in the world. He's just a part of it. Yeah. I like yeah. that line too. Me too. You don't need a man to make you happy. Or anybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. I love Cora, but she's the worst mother ever. <laughs> she really did a number on Zelina and Regina, but at least Regina had people who love her and Zelina didn't. Wow, I knew Regina did something so she wouldn't have a child because I always wonder why she didn't have one and if it can be reversed. I, wa- I wonder if Rumpel dies, will his dark powers, dark one powers vanish or pass on to somebody else? She brings up a good point there because we've always wondered, like, why did she adopt Henry? And I think that was her marital yeah. moment that she wanted a kid. She couldn't have a kid, so she adopted Henry. And there's a couple comments here. Um, Elizabeth uh, commented about the the waters. Maybe if she had Lake Nostros water. Remember when Snow was poisoned and the Lady of the Lake cursed to never have a child? Lancelot tricked her into drinking the water that was meant for Ruth so she could give Charming a baby. Uh, and then Elena says, yeah, but this water, isn't the water gone now? Which it is. The lake did dry up. Mm-hmm. It did. <laughs> So that's all for the feedback. And we want to say thank you to everybody on the Facebook group, everybody who's participating. And every single day that group keeps growing. There's not a day that goes by that I'm not approving for new members to join the group. So I'd like to thank each and every one of you for being um, not with just the show, but on the Facebook group, interacting and just continue to support the show that we love doing. Once again, the show is brought to you by GoldenSparrowMedia.com. If you want to continue to support us and and continue to have this show, be sure to click on the Patreon button and just follow through with that. But here's the moment where I would like to say that it's spoiler time. This is when Trina... Uh, I take off my headphones and let Addie and Karen take over from here. And if you're not up for the spoilers, um, this is the moment that I I would suggest that you um, either... Go ahead and stop the show here. And then once the show has aired, you can go ahead and play this and finally hear what we did say. That way it's not a spoiler anymore and you're not completely left out. Um, But if you're not in for any of that, you can always just delete it from here on out. Mm -hmm. But we just wanted to remind you that, you know, we appreciate each and every one of you. We're brought to you by goldenspiralmedia.com and we're always here for you. So going to go ahead and take the show with Karen and let's see what she has cooking for us. So being that it's the season finale next week, I want to sit in on the spoilers. Get a couple (laughs) insights. I do want to get a little bit of insight. I can't wait. All right, Karen, can you drop the beat? Of course. You ready for this? Let's do it. Ready. (laughs) Can't touch this. All right. <laughs> that means everybody got to go. You don't want to hear the spoiler. That's Get right. out. Goodbye. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So here's the press release. Season finale. Henry is called upon to restore the balance between heroes and villains in the two-hour season finale of ABC's Once Upon a Time. Operation Mongoose, part one and part two. I love that name, Mongoose. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The author proves to be a formidable wild card and forges an alliance with Gold, Emma, her parents, 
Hook and Regina scrambled to stop them. But when Gold and the author turned the tables on heroes and villains alike, the prospect of any happy outcome appears worlds away. Henry discovers he has big shoes to fill as he steps up to save his family before the story's final page is turned. It's a race to the finish, and everything culminates with a shocking twist that will leave the residents of Storybook reeling in the captivating two-part season finale of Once Upon a Time, Sunday, May 10th. So they give, of course, the regular stars of the show, which Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go into because you guys know who those are. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing is it says guest stars to be announced. They're keeping a lid on it. (laughs) Yeah, That's right. Where they told us last week who would be coming back. Mm -hmm. They're not giving it away. And um, Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz have written both of these episodes. So we're going back to the showrunners mm-hmm. for these two episodes. Uh, the first part was directed by Romeo Tyrone, who is, uh, he's done a lot of directing. Um, and then the second part was directed by Ralph Hemecker, and he's also done a lot of directing for the show. So um, I have every faith that these will be fantastic. Mm-hmm. And looking at the pictures... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think they're going to be great. First of all, I think we're going to get some backstory from Isaac. Yes, that's what we're seeing here through the pictures. It, it looks back into its now. It's a little older than the first scenes with um, Cruella. Looks like time yes. has passed. Well, some of it looks like maybe fifties. Yes, that's what I was thinking too. Right. So we're going from the twenties to the fifties. At least in part of it. Um, I like that he's selling televisions and one of them has the ABC logo. I noticed that one too. On it. It's hilarious. Um, now, one of the couples in there kind of looks like the Charmings. I don't know if that has any impact on it at all. Um, but oh. uh, I just kind of... It, kind of hit me as oh interesting they're kind of dressed like the charmings right it looks like snow (laughs) kind of a little bit so it looks like a little bit of isaac's uh, story yeah i mean i don't quite know where it fits in i mean it's you know it's before now that's for sure and you know where does it fit in his timeline who knows and then there's another scene where henry is holding a published book like from our real world mm-hmm. that would be sold by Amazon <laughs> called um, Isaac Heller, Heroes and Villains. So it's an actual published book that Isaac has written about heroes and villains. And it looks like maybe after he lost the ink, he got out his frustrations in not being able to write the storybook by making this book. So who oh, knows? So did he did he write some stories that Henry might want written for real in this book? Did he did he write a biography? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it looks interesting. He's holding the book up and showing someone yeah. at least mm-hmm. the book. Um, looks like I a like, dragon shooting out. It's yes, like it does. Yeah. It soldier. looks like. It looks like the scene where David fights the dragon, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But even looking at the background, it's hard to tell what 
time yeah, period. Like, where is he at? Right. It looks like a cave or something. Yeah. Yeah. There's like um, vines growing in an underground-y sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know where they are. <laughs> it's weird looking. And then I like some, of, they're definitely in the Enchanted Forest for some of it, mm-hmm. where um, Regina is wearing Snow's clothes. And, you know, they're kind of switching on the clothes. Yeah. Snow is wearing Regina's clothes. Um, yeah, Regina has uh, the evil queen costume going on. Yeah. No, Snow does. Oh, so, yeah, oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Snow, yes. <laughs> I mean, they're exactly each other's clothes, mm-hmm. which I love. Um, Emma is wearing, you know, the clothes of the time period. I don't know <laughs> who they equate to, but they're very cool. Rumpelstiltskin is kind of wearing David's clothes. That's right. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure where that fits in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they kind of look like David's clothes. And... Of course, Hook is just wearing his regular outfit. <laughs> There's something that happens in Storybrooke that people are um, screaming about. I'm <laughs> yeah. not sure what that is. Robin Hood is wearing, God, I don't know what that is, whether it's David's clothes or not. He's wearing kind of a cape. Looks like a royal, like something royal. So maybe his status goes up in rank. Yeah. Do you think that's David's outfit? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because David would have that Mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It might be part of David's wardrobe. And it's just an interesting choice of clothes on Gold's part. I don't know. But that's definitely David's clothes that Gold is wearing. I mean, the the brown leather jacket is one of David's outfits. So I don't know what that's about. But this is, it looks very much like something David would wear as the prince. Um, And he's in a castle. So who knows? Mm -hmm. Um, And there's Regina again coming in as snow. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have some pictures of them against the green screen. And it's definitely, definitely snow in the evil outfit with... uh, (laughs) What is it, Grumpy? Yeah, yeah it's Grumpy. <laughs> grumpy dressed as a as an evil minion, and David in an evil David outfit. I mean, there's no equation for him, but he's wearing an evil David outfit, um, and it looks as though the evil Snow has a heart. Oh, yeah, I see right. it. I did. I missed that. Yeah, Me too. Yeah. So who knows? And is, does Grumpy have a Axe, yes. an axe. <laughs> is that his weapon of choice? <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. And Isaac is just wearing a regular suit. Yeah, there's a bit of talking there. And then there's some scenes in Storybrooke where they're standing around chatting. Um, yeah, that, that couple that's in the shop with Isaac, it's Christmas time. He's selling TVs. Uh, the woman looks a bit like snow. Uh, could it be some lineage? Of some sort. Mm. I don't know. Um, He's talking to his boss. And then we're back to the other pictures. A a picture of Henry looking at a a record player, an old-timey record player. And Gold is... shop, but we're not sure if he's still... Oh, yeah, it's in Gold's shop. Because the next picture, Gold is on the floor in the shop and the... Oh, there's that. And the record player is up there. It looks like when Isaac transports to the shop. 
Mm-hmm. And gold's on the floor, and Isaac is with glee writing on the <laughs> on his book. book. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I will post these pictures um, very soon after you post the episode, so people will get a chance to look at them. But they are very telling. And I have to say, from what it looks like on the press site, these all come from the first half of the hour-long episode. They did not post any pictures from the second half. Ah, So they're still keeping us. (laughs) <laughs> oh pace. yes they're keeping it <laughs> under wraps very much so so um i am not sure whether the the extras in these pictures are of any importance or not um but again they're unnamed so um they might have metadata like when i post them their names might show up underneath the pictures <laughs> because i do mm. think um the the data in the pictures will show their names. So they'll be there. (laughs) But I don't have that information in the press release. So it says TBD. Yeah. (laughs) This is a lot of information, though. And it's interesting that they're calling it again Operation Mongoose because this was Henry and Regina's um, operation that began Mm -hmm. in the beginning of this season. And it just became everybody's mission now. Right. And they and lost the name. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. actually happened. Right. That's right. So this is their plan yeah. coming to fruition mm-hmm. because of Isaac writing that the bad are the good and the good are the bad. So, you know, the bad guys are, are now the good guys and the good guys are the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, does that mean that Snow is really going to act evil? Is she acting evil there when she has the heart? She has. She just has that stern face. <laughs> <laughs> she does. And it doesn't look like Grumpy and, and uh, David are upset by anything. So are they also evil? Mm-hmm. Who knows? That's interesting. I don't know. It it doesn't look like any of them are really acting out of character, but they could just be so set in their role that they don't know that they're acting out of character. So they could Uh all be evil Mm -hmm. and think that they're supposed to be evil. Yeah, I see. I'm looking at David's face, and he seems more uh, a little darker Mm -hmm. than Snow. Which would be interesting because I've always thought that David always kept snow grounded. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I see kind of tables have turned a little bit just through these pictures, but they're just pictures. We can't really <laughs> uh, feed too much into it, though. But right. I'm seeing a more darker feel on David's end. Well, if he keeps her grounded, then he would definitely be more evil. Yeah. Because that mm-hmm. would be keeping her grounded in evilness. That's true. Yeah. Mm. He's the root because, of the yeah. message. That's right. And if they're villains, right. he's going to hold the true message of the, villain. Right. <laughs> he would be the evil that keeps her grounded to mm-hmm. that. So who knows? Who knows? If he writes that the bad guys are good and the good guys are bad, then they would think that they are. Yeah. And it, it looks like in the picture where Regina is standing next to Emma... That Emma is 
she's upset. You know, she wouldn't know which side she's on because she wasn't part of that. That's right. That's right. That's I was right. I was going to say they, they put her as, well, it looks like the hero side, but we it don't know that. It looks like it, but we don't know. Yeah. Because her outfit doesn't really Tell. say much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, you know, that's Snow's outfit when she's on the run. Mm-hmm. Right. That's so, right. You know, Emma might just be out and about. In and the then forks. if you think about Emma's costume, she, they always have her in red tone colors, red mm-hmm. hues. Now she's in blue hue. Right. So what's going on there? They, they've obviously have flipped something on her. Right. Because just in costume alone, we can see it's a different It's a tone. neutral. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not the white or the black again. Mm-hmm. You know, we have Regina in white. And we have the bad guys who would be snow and black. Emma's in blue, which is not either of those colors. It's it's not either end of the spectrum. It's in the middle. So, you know, she wasn't part of that whole evil and good situation. She was pulled out of it. So does that mean that she's trying to broker peace still? Mm, who knows? Who knows? I was kind of wondering with Regina, because she kind of before, you know, she's turned her way around and she can be seen somewhat as a hero. I'm tr- I'm kind of not so, I guess I'm kind of surprised that she's on, looking at these pictures, maybe on the hero side of things. Or is she another gray character that we don't know? Well, I think that because he wrote her as evil. Oh, they just flipped that, it. You're right. Mm. She's evil in his books, so wow. if he writes that the evil people in his books have turned good in his books, she would turn good. That's true. That, yeah, that's that's true. what I think, at least. And make good for everything that he did bad, wrote yeah. bad to her. <laughs> right. That's right. So anyone who's alive that was in his books that's good would be bad, and anyone who's alive that, you know, yeah. so... And the big question is, where does Henry fall into all of this? So. Yeah, and again, he was outside. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. He was outside the Enchanted Forest. He wasn't part of that. So I think he would be Henry. Yeah. Just Henry. Right. Well, he's going <laughs> to save the day. That's right. Supposedly. <laughs> Interestingly enough, Hook would be neutral as well because he was just a human that's true. He was brought in through Neverland. You know, he was a, an English soldier who was brought in through Neverland. He wasn't a magical enchanted forest person. Mm-hmm. He was made evil because of what happened to him. Mm-hmm. Right. His history with the enchanted characters. Right. So he's kind of in the same position as Emma. Mm-hmm. Uh in that he was kind of brought into the story from outside. Um, Emma was thrust outside and then brought back in. So even though he, you know, Hook is part of the mythology, he came from outside. So technically, I think he could be neutral. Mm, that's good insight. Yeah. He's probably still with Emma. Maybe they mm-hmm. do go through this journey together. Right. Yeah. Where's, um, well, I guess we'll have to, there's no Maleficent. Yeah, we don't see that. We don't see that. No, we don't see her at all in those pictures. Mm -hmm. Belle? 
There's no bell. No you bell. No. I mean, sorry, rumple, but you, you don't see no bell. Right. Who else right. would be missing of those? She like, would be bad. Yeah, she would she be would bad. She would be bad. So what's Rumple going to do? <laughs> and against reading. Mm-hmm. Don't read, kid. Yeah, <laughs> right. She would be. She would be bad. And he would have a very hard time turning her. Yeah. That's right. You so know, we're not seeing be- Zelina in these pictures either. No, no, we are not. We see a snippet of in the preview, though, of her. Yeah, we do. Yeah. But not now, here. she's locked up right now. That's right. So I, I don't know what's going to happen there. But and and here's the big question. Um, I'm assuming because you know they do a cliffhanger mm-hmm. for every season finale. Where is this going to end up? Are we still going to have the flip at the beginning of next season, or are they going to resolve that? And do a different cliff. That is fun. That's funny you asked that because I was talking to Addie and I think from what I remember most of the time with Once Upon a Time, it seems like when they have this two hour season finale, they'll they'll close the hero villain story and open up a new one. Right. And that'll be the cliffhanger. Right. So I think they'll end this part here and start some new storyline for next season. I would I assume so, but you never know. That is that is true. <laughs> we can only guess until we and see I, it. I think of all seasons, this one's a little different. Like, they went to the core of the storytelling. It wasn't so much, you know, we came upon um, Peter Pan. We came upon um, mm-hmm. the Frozen characters. This is going to the core of what Once Upon a Time is built on. So that that's what kind of gets me nervous. How is this really going to end? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Well... I actually just saw a link on Twitter just now oh, going by from E! online. And Adam Horowitz has said to them, the co-creator of the show says, this is going to end with a condition with a character. And we can tell you that the condition is freaking heartbreaking and awesome and epic and the perfect setup for season five. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> What can you guess from that? <laughs> oh, no. threw everything at us. Right oh now. my gosh! <laughs> yeah, um, it's uh, hell. Yes, this is one of our favorite Hook and Emma episodes. We'll also get to see a new first in their relationship. So that's interesting. Will isn't in the finale. Mm, that's uh, telling in itself. Emma and Regina working together in the forest. We can tell you that the dynamic between these two women throughout the second hour is probably our favorite thing about the finale. It's so well done and shows how far they've come this season and from the beginning of the series. Now, I'm looking on the feed of Twitter, uh, the Once Upon a Time Twitter feed, and it says there's more magic to come. Once Upon a Time returns for season five. And Mm -hmm. just the color tones, it's just smoke a gray number five. Yep. So what? Oh. That's, I, I can't get gather too much from there. <laughs> they usually give you some hint with the design or the background. They're really keeping it under wraps. Yeah, they are. <laughs> really keeping it under wraps. But it's following the color tone of the book Heroes and Villains. If you look at the color tone, yep. it's, not a, it's not a brown book as the Once Upon a Time book is. 
um, the Once Upon a Time book is brown and has that classic look. The right. heroes and villains, it's more modern. It's more medieval looking. Right. And it's Yeah, it looks like a sci-fi book. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's yeah. black and gray. It's mm-hmm. black and gray. They have these darker tones. So this Once Upon a Time Returns for season five, it kind of holds the same color uh, yep. mesh. So I'm it's, wondering. Yeah, they, like, it's dark and, and it looks like um, like a regular sci-fi book. Um, black with blue undertones and then the fiery dragon um, shooting fire out. And yeah, even the hero on this is dark looking, but. You know that kind of grayish blue tone. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know what they're doing. Oh, wow. uh, now we're even more excited for it. <laughs> this is the first time that I haven't had any clue as to how they're going to end things. Um, every once in a while, I don't know how they're going to do the half season ending, mm-hmm. and that that's good. Right, uh, but the cliffhanger. I kind of want to know how I'm going into it. How it, I don't even know how this heroes and villains thing is is going. I don't know who is going to be a hero, who is going to be a villain. You know, I don't know how. <laughs> my, mind, my mind is twisted up about it, oh, you know. Man. So, uh, and that just shows how much I love this show. Um yeah, and thank you for always joining us on these insights with the spoiler section. And of course, I, we want to extend the invitation. You need to be yeah. on season five. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> sure, I'd be happy to. <laughs> Will okay. Karen be on next season? <laughs> That's the cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> Will I be on next season or not? <laughs> Tune in and find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's the cliffhanger. <laughs> The answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> you don't need to wait. We'll we'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't believe Tarina joined us. Yes. I'm excited about this. So How do you feel about the spoiler section now that you've joined us? It's good. I like it cuz I I do like the sneak peek of the pictures cuz it kind of gets your mind rolling. Hmm, what are they going to do? How is this going right. to play out? So, yeah. when I was thinking spoilers, I thought you were giving like storyline away no, see, and i was like, like oh okay teases into it yeah and, and you kind of speculate on what might happen it's like delicious sort of yes right mm, what's gonna happen i that's what i love about it is it gets you thinking and it gets you speculating and yeah i mean i get spoilers for other shows like real spoilers mm-hmm. and uh that doesn't bother me either but it's there's a big difference between these teasers and actual spoilers. Yeah, so. I see. Yeah, that's how I see it. They're teasers, and just as you said, it gets you prepped for um, the storyline that you're about to see. Right. This gets me revved up. Yeah. Yeah, I it agree. <laughs> now I'm even more excited. I can't wait. This makes me crazy. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to share these with you. Really happy. Yeah. I thank love you doing so it. Much. We yeah. love having you on, and thank you so much for taking the time to yep. share um, the insights, these teasers for us oncers. Yep. And again, as soon as you post the actual podcast, I will be posting these pictures on the feed. Facebook group. On, on your Facebook group. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Karen. All right, so next week we have one more episode left, the big season finale, two hours. Two hours special. Not sure how we're going to handle that, but we will definitely do one more show as well. 
Everything can be seen and, and clicked on and all that fun stuff over at beyondstorybrook.com and specifically under episode 21 for this episode. So until next time, thank you for listening. <laughs>